Welcome to the Mini Lombardi Podcast, week 11. TJ, I only got one thing to say to you this week. What's that, Ray? Go, Pack, go! Go, Go, Pack, pack, go! go. Absolutely. And by the time this releases, the Packers will have probably lost to the Titans on Thursday Night Football, but we are recording this before that game, so go, Pack, go! Well, and let's be honest, we're probably going to ride that win for the rest of the season. To watch Mike McCarthy fumble that game away with poor coaching was great. Oh, it brought back the good old days. Oh, and what are you talking about? I saw a tweet that said this is this is the first time in years that Mike McCarthy Mike McCarthy's coaching helped the Packers win a game. <laughs> the question is, did anybody start Christian Watson? No. He got picked off of the waivers earlier today. He did. A lot of bids. I like seeing that. That is, uh, that's very good. I think that was the most per- money spent on a player that wasn't like me or you bidding on that. I, I think you're correct on that. I mean, I'd have to go back and check, but I don't got that kind of time. If I had to bet blindly right now, I'd put a dollar on that bet. All right. Well, let's get into this week's matchups. As always, we will start where we started off with our forecasting, and it's Pity City versus the team that scares me, unless they're on by. It was a great time to match up against Team Scary. I was able to beat him 174 to 119. It was the biggest blowout, yeah, he, a win of over 55 points. In, in the words of Scary, he took that 174 points right up the ass. You know, I was the best team this week. I was the overachiever this week to get there. And um, the award for Team Scary didn't actually show up on the report, but he did get the Bengals on Buy Award. So congrats on that. There's an award for that? Yeah, it's kind of like the worst team award. It's it's not a good one because obviously when the Bengals are on Buy, you lose when half your team is Bengals. Maybe he should diversify. You know, he did have one bright spot on his team, and that was Scary Terry McLaurin. Ah, Scary Terry's on the team that scares me. I hadn't noticed that before. I know, right? That's pretty uh, That's pretty good. Well, a lot of other players on his team dudded out. Taysom Hill being the biggest offender with .1 points. Huh. He actually scored more points than Zach Moss this week. Zach Moss, I think, scored like .3 or .4. Oh, oh, sorry, Zach, I meant to say Zach Moss scored more points than him. Sorry. Yeah, which that is uh, pretty rare. But you're completely right, Ray. Um, a bunch of underachieving performances. Um, Herbert, unfortunately, going to the IR. His running backs, he just didn't have a lot of firepower there. And with Dotson only putting up 2.4 points. And on the other side, you had Justin Jefferson making one-handed grabs with with defenders. With defenders holding the football, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty amazing. We did have some pretty good wide receiver firepower this week. Between us, we had six of the top 16 wide receivers. So a lot of wide receiver points, not so much in some of the other areas. Bench, obviously, I left a lot of points on the bench. Um, One thing I'm getting very good at. Did you need any more points? I mean, I didn't, but I left James Conner, who was RB3 on the week, on the bench. Seems to be a trend, that's all I'm saying. And uh, Team Scary there was the most efficient. He left uh, literally zero points on the bench. It's because nobody on his bench played in a game. 
Yeah, but there weren't points there. And he got an empty spot, too. Uh, I dropped a guy. Oh, okay. Mine's, mine's a little extra long. Oh, okay, I see what you're talking about. Well, I think that about sums that one up. Well, as we move along, next is More Points, Please versus Cup of Tea. This was a matched matchup where both were, would it be three and six? They would have been three and six. Did you mean matched records matchup? Yes, matched records matchup. Well, let's dive into this matchup really quick here. Um, One thing that I took into note, because we both picked Cup of Tea to win this matchup. We did, and we were both wrong. And a big part of that, us being wrong, is A.J. Brown getting one catch for seven yards. That and Cooper Cup getting injured, and he only had three catches for negative one yard. There was a big offset in the wide receiver group here. C.D. Lamb putting up 38 points. He was the wide receiver one in the week. Hopkins put up almost 20 points. Hopkins has just been going strong. And normally this wide receiver room with Cooper Cup and A.J. Brown could match that. But uh, not this week. Washington, I don't know, turned into a football team. That was good. Um, I will say this. A.J. Brown's 1.7 point performance uh saved my rear end in a guillotine league or saved my head rather so lucky me oh i'm glad to see you all attached still so wide receivers is really where this was won if you look at the running back room cup of tea definitely took this one running away with the running backs uh naheem hines only putting up uh 1.9 points We've been talking about this all year, TJ. More points, please, needs more running backs that are going to score more points. He does. He does. He has been relying on, he does have a good group of wide receivers that's been putting up a lot of points for him. And Kelsey really just holding down the fort on his tight end. He was the tight end two on the week, putting up 20 points. Then Schultz kept it up with him. Uh, Tight end three on the week, putting up 17 points. But that's really what's holding down more points, please, his team here. Mariota, I actually did a little bit of a uh, a dive into him because I saw he put up a pretty serviceable score, almost 27 points. He was QB 13 on the week. He has produced more points than Matthew Stafford every week since week two. As someone who has owned Mariota in another league, he definitely has some rushing upside for him. He might have more rushing touchdowns than passing touchdowns this year. He has three top 10 finishes this year. No, he has been a very serviceable streamer. If you play him against the right matchup. Stafford last week, he was not playing. We'll see if he is able to make it out there this week. I don't think you can start him without Cooper Cup in the lineup. Like it. Well, I mean, could you start him before? Let me rephrase that. Again, his best, his best <laughs> finish was week two, where he was QB 10 on the week. Um, other than that, he has been higher than QB 15 every single week. His next lowest was QB 17. Let, let me rephrase that. Um, can Taco start Stafford with Cooper Cup out? I mean, we know that Matthew Stafford hasn't been startable since week two, but this is the first time he started a quarterback other than Matthew Stafford. You know, maybe it's a lot like when you throw in the rookie quarterback and then you just never go back to that old guy. No matter how bad the rookie is. I mean, I'm not saying it's a Sam Ellinger situation, but... Most other rookies, at least. I'm not sure Ellinger should have been starting to begin with, but um, <laughs> Jim Irsay fixed that problem. He did. 
Alright, so moving along, we have your matchup up next. Yay, me. I must say, I'm very excited that there's snow on the ground now. Uh, that means the Yeti's going to be coming out in full force. Well, congratulations on your win, 125 to 109. You beat Neek. However, the one thing I did notice is your Yeti did not show up this week, so apparently there wasn't a lot of snow. There were a lot of running back points, though. Saquon putting up 23, McCaffrey putting up 17, Fournette even had a decent week. I Honestly, I was a little bit scared uh, going into the Sunday night football game because I know McCaffrey can go off for 40. Yeah. And I guess I, I I lucked out that he was only uh he only ran a touchdown in this week. He didn't run one, catch one, and throw one. So <laughs> very accurate. Um, lots of injuries on Neek's team this week. Um, well, and you lost Zach Ertz. Yes, my Zach Ertz. Still looking for a tight end, by the way. Uh, hopefully by the time this podcast releases, I will have found one. Well, there is one on the other side. Cole Komet on her bench, tight end one on the week, put up 23.4 points. Made an offer. Had she played him, her score would have been 128.37, and she would have won. She would have beat you by just a couple of points. Yeah, um, but she didn't. Nope, so you took the victory on this one. I am now in first place of the whole entire league. Well, congratulations on that. All right, moving along, we've got TDLs versus Waddle Baby Waddle. And Waddle Baby Waddle did win this one, 137 to 117. Whoo, TJ, look at those quarterback points. Big points in the quarterback room, and they basically broke even. 46.5 to 47.5. It's crazy when your quarterback puts up almost 50 points and... They're essentially a, a non-factor in your matchup because it kind of washes out with the other side. Unfortunately for TD Alice, almost every other player on his team underperformed this week. Yeah, even with Devonta Smith getting kind of the big week in Philadelphia, A.J. Brown not getting a lot, just not enough points going around. And there was a big trade just before the games on Sunday. I guess let's hop into this trade quick, and then we can kind of hop back into uh, TD Alice and Waddle Baby Waddle's matchup. But Sunday before the game started, I think I even saw it a little bit late. Everybody else was kind of uh, just chattering back and forth. Uh, but we had a big 4-for-4 four four trade. Yeah, it was a pretty big deal. So TDL's got Mostert, Mike Williams, Dallas Goddard, and Jacoby Myers. Um, Badger Girl got Jared Goff, Curtis Samuel, Jared Everett, and Claypool. Um it got TDL some running back depth. Uh, Najee's been performing a little poor this year. Uh, Monty had been sharing a lot of time. CEH losing his job. And he got rid of one of his two Chicago wide receivers. The only real downside here is with Goddard now going on IR for about four to five weeks with a shoulder injury, um, he's going to need a new tight end. Join the club. Yeah, and in this um, trade, Badger Girl also got a, a streamer QB that she got to start over Aaron Rodgers, um, even though Aaron Rodgers had a slightly better game. I think that was the right move to make. Uh, it did not cost her the victory. We'll get to that later. But she also got Gerald Everett, and he also got banged up in this game. So both tight ends in this trade got a little banged up. 
They did, but more importantly, it did also get her a couple of wide receivers, and she was lacking in her wide receivers. She would not have had one to start this past week without making that trade, so uh, I'm sure that was a big leading factor into that one. But it got her uh, Curtis Samuel on the week, so like I said, we'll talk about that a little bit more later. Um, I did just want to bring that up because of Dallas Goddard. Yeah, and as somebody who also lost the only tight end on his roster this week, I can tell you that tight end is a barren wasteland and that you can send many trade offers out, but the only one who ever replies is Tom. And, well, you sent me a trade offer. I might have to come back to that. So I was curious, though. So Waddle Baby Waddle has now traded Justin Fields away. Um had he played Prescott this week, they may have gotten narrowest victory, but he still would have just squeaked out a win over TDLs. I'm surprised that he traded him. Like Fields has been number one on number one QB in the week, like two or three weeks in a row now. Yeah, he was uh, five five and then one one for the last two weeks. I guess we'll kind of see this as we go over his roster here a little bit later. But he he was hurting for running back this week. He he needed somebody oh, to play. You had plenty of them. I did, so it worked out well. All right, moving along. Next, we do have Badger Girl versus Bushzilla. Badger Girl did squeak out a narrow victory here, 102 to 94. A narrow victory, just less than eight points. Badger Girl had the lowest points in win. Bushzilla, though, being the worst team and the least efficient manager and an underachiever of the week. Worst team, so worst score. Uh, But he did have the lowest score on the week and lost this one. Uh, Largest factor was Zach Moss scoring only 0.4 points. I would have to tend to agree with that. I would like to bring up that I sent Bush a trade offer Thursday morning. He rejected it. And then he went and later on in the day, he was trying to pick up P.J. Walker to play P.J. Walker. Because of our daily waivers, you can't pick Thursday night players up on Thursday, and he could not pick up P.J. Walker. And I just wanted to let him know that uh, that netted him about 18 points. By the way, um, as long as we're going to have a quick talk here, a public service announcement, you cannot pick up Thursday night players on Thursday after waivers have gone through. So if you're listening to this, Pay attention to your roster before 10 a.m. on Thursday if you want to pick up a Thursday night player. In doing this, I have noticed, uh, and and we do change our recording, whether it's on Tuesday or Wednesday, kind of whatever works best in our schedules. So obviously on the Tuesday, I don't assume everybody's going to be completely changing up your roster. You haven't even picked up players yet. But by Wednesday night, normally most people had been tweaking throughout, I'd say, the first six to eight weeks. I have noticed the past couple of weeks, though, that uh, those tweaks are getting later and later, which it really just gives you less time to put in those claims that are needed. And if you're not looking at it Wednesday night, like you said, Ray, uh, you might not get a player you need for Thursday night. might put you in a little bit of a bind. TJ, we co-manage a team in another league, and we were talking about making some roster moves on Sunday. We wanted to go big and pick up Christian Watson. He was on the waivers, actually got dropped because somebody wasn't paying attention. And I put that waiver claim in Monday morning when I woke up. (laughs) Like, I didn't even wait for the Monday night games to be over. I wanted to make sure that we got that waiver in. We had the most fab out of anybody. We were going to outbid everybody. We knew it. And that thing was in Monday morning at 6 a.m. And what's the result? 
we got the guy. Yes, we did. It's uh, it's never too early to start planning for the next week. All right. So, Bush lost this one. Badger Girl walks away with a win. And that brings us to... The Game of the Week! Mrs. Sirius versus the Doctor. And the Doctor took this one. 141 to 132. So that brings Mrs. Sirius's losing streak to four. And the Doctor's winning streak to four. This was another matched record matchup. Both coming into the contest at 6-3. and three, And both with a three-game streak. One a slide, one a win. And those streaks are just continuing. I will say this. I went and looked at Mr. Sirius's box scores during this four-game skid. And in three of the four games, she scored over 130 points. So it's not really that her team isn't performing, but she's just getting beat. Yeah, it's all about the matchup sometimes. Uh, if you're up against the wrong team, you're you know, we talked we talked about this week in and week out. When you play the team that scores the most points, you're gonna lose because inherently by them scoring the most points, you didn't. So, um the doctor was second in points on the week, Mrs. Sirius fifth, and we really overall have just been very clustered. We were a little more clustered last week. But I mean from the second overall score with the doctor Going down to yours at 6, Ray. You at 125. So uh, 141 to 125. Not a lot of points difference. So it doesn't take much to win or lose a week when everybody's really right there together. And that's good. That means that we're all staying relatively competitive with each other. You know, any week it's a coin flip on who could win this one. Yeah, and I know that going into this matchup, uh, Mrs. Sirius had a big debate at what to do at quarterback because she had Josh Allen... Was he going to play? Was he not going to play? He wasn't practicing. She ended up making the right call starting him. It was only a three-point differential between Allen and Kirk Cousins. But where where Mr. Sirius has really been lacking lately is in the wide receiver room. Waddle had a lackluster game compared to what he's used to. And Brandon Cooks actually got to play this week. And he had an okay game for coming back off an injury or whining whatever he was doing i really hope she can put it together here and uh, make a run at the playoffs we are getting down to the end here tj we only got four weeks left before the playoffs which means this is our last week of playing non-divisional opponents and then the next three weeks after that we'll be playing divisional opponents yeah so these next four weeks are going to be very exciting we'll talk about with this upcoming week's matchups we have a lot of good matchups that are going to really feed into the standings and then once we get divisional again there's really a, a final push and chance to shake some things up i think we're going to see a lot of shakeups in the next couple of weeks here so it'll be really interesting to see how the playoffs fall uh one thing i did want to bring up before we move on from mrs sirius's team here had she started you know we like to talk about our coaching decisions had she started paris campbell she would have won this game which brings up the question Right, would you have started Paris Campbell over any of these other players? I would not have, for reasons that I can explain. Is Number one, the Colts were on their third offensive coordinator in three weeks. They had a brand new head coach in Jeff Saturday who had never coached a game at the college or pro level. And 
at the time, nobody knew Matt Ryan was going to play the game. Like, Matt Ryan being the starter got announced right before the game. Yeah, the first alert, and I was watching this, having Pittman, the first alert that came through was when warm-ups were going on and Matt Ryan was getting all the first-team reps. Now, I guess if you really wanted to start him, I don't. Did the Dem- did Denver play in the late game, or I don't remember if Denver played in the late game or not. It was a noon game. At that point in time, you can't you can't make the switch. I mean, there one of the fantasy podcasts I listened to said Jonathan Taylor and bench and bench everybody in the Colts passing game. They were even talking about sabotage dropping Michael Pittman. But when Matt Ryan, when it got announced that Matt Ryan was going to start, I mean, I got a, I got a little bit excited for Michael Pittman. So, I don't know what to do with Paris Campbell going forward. Is this an aberration? I don't know uh, if you can trust him week to week. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, that we will. All right, you want to take a quick look at the standings before we move on to the forecast. Everything pretty much stayed the same in the Rodgers division. I believe everybody in the Rodgers division got a win this week. Everybody in the Rodgers division got a win. The Farb division, I got a win. Everybody else got a loss. Oh. And in the Star division, Badger Girl got a win, and everybody else got a loss. So everybody, so Badger Girl makes up ground. That's a very tight division. Uh, the Star division, only two games separate the bottom from the top. Um, taking a look. Well, in Mrs. Sirius at 6-4... and four, Neek and Badger Girl now both at five and five, right behind her. Yeah, um, this is very true. However, even if Mrs. Sirius loses this week and Neek and Badger Girl both win, she will still be in first place in the division because her points for are w- like way above everyone else. Accurate, but now they're all tied up, and now you start divisional games for the final three weeks. That means that Mrs. Sirius will be playing both Neek and Badger Girl. That will give some opportunities to really shake up that division. The star division can flip-flop. And Tommy Boy's not out of it either. Bengals are now off a bye. Watch out. Bengals are off a bye. If he can get a win here and then get into the divisional games, he's got a real shot to go from fourth to first here. So The divisions are definitely keeping things very close and making it very exciting. Little more room in my division. Six and four. Next is four and six. But Rogers division, right? You are uh, in a nice tight race there as well. You and the doctor are both at seven and three for your record. Uh, you're leading them just a little bit by points. Let's keep it that way. <laughs> All right. So it is also the trade deadline at the end of this week. So get your trades in. We don't have a lot of time left. Uh, one did come through today. We had uh, Justin Fields for Dante Foreman. Yeah, that was a pretty good trade for both of you guys. Yeah, Waddle Baby Waddle needed a running back this week, and I have been lacking in the quarterback room for, um, what are we at, 10 weeks here? Yes. That may be the move that gets that puts you over the edge. I'm, uh, I'm hoping. All right. Let's roll right into week 11 here and talk about some of the excitement. All right, let's start off with the team that scares me versus Bushzilla. So both of these teams are currently sitting at four and six, both coming off of a one-game loss. Looking at this matchup, Bush has not tweaked his lineup yet, so we uh, we are going to get a 
different projection coming into the week than what we're kind of seeing now. He'll he'll get to it tomorrow morning after waivers go through. I'm sure. Um, but all of the Bengals are back in Team Scary's lineup here. So he is uh, looking pretty set. The only negative I'm seeing on his side is a lot of dark matchup colors here. I think one of the things, uh, as I look up this matchup, I look at uh, the running backs. You got some stud running backs in this one. Jonathan Taylor, Ramondre Stevenson, Joe Mixon. And there is another running back that's in this matchup. Zach Moss. Well, I was just thinking, I've gotten a lot of trade offers from Scary this year that involve Ezekiel Elliott. And maybe, just maybe, considering that Zach Moss has been in his starting lineup for two weeks in a row now, maybe he could go out and make a trade for Ezekiel Elliott. But what do I know? I'm I'm just, uh, I just sit here and talk about it. I mean, I don't, ex- it's not like I brought up the list again this week of all of the waiver wire running backs that did better than Zach Moss. But hypothetically, if I were to, Let's just say that Zach Moss would be ranked somewhere around 26 on the week. So that means there were 25 better options on the waiver wire without even having to make a trade. Hey, Bush, get Zach Moss out of your lineup. (laughs) I think this is an easy one. It's the team that scares me. It's the team that scares me for me as well. All right, moving along next, we have Waddle Baby Waddle versus Cup of Tea. Whew. This one is a little bit more even. Quarterbacks are fairly even. Some decent running backs. Yeah, and both teams have put up a lot of points in the past couple of weeks, so um, there's definitely a, a chance for a high shootout on this one. I'm, I think this is going to be a pretty exciting matchup. Uh, A.J. Brown's got to come back from that low performance here and hopefully put up some stats that you're used to seeing. And you got a lot of power on the other side. You got Christian Watson in the flex. Uh, we'll see if you can put up another three touchdown, thirty point week. Ugh. Thursday night players in your flex. Don't do that, people. Let's take a look at what's going on, on the other side. Allen Robinson. That is an intriguing one. That's uh, for this week. Um, with Cooper Cup out, out uh, or well, let's start with Cooper Cup in. With Cooper Cup in, Allen Robinson hasn't been startable. Like, some would say not even rosterable. I drafted him and dropped him, so... Now here we have him on a Cooper Cup-less team. How do you feel about Allen Robinson this week? He should be a focal point, so um, I would think that he's going to get a lot of looks. The other thing I am looking at here is, as of uh, the recording of this podcast... Cup of Tea has Michael Carter in her lineup going against the New England defense. Uh, That could be a rough outing for him. Yeah, New England is a very tough matchup for running backs. I'm not sure Tennessee is a much better matchup for running backs, but I might be willing to start A.J. Dillon or Kenyon Drake over Michael Carter this week. Kenyon Drake against Carolina. We'll see if Gus Edwards can go or not, and that'll probably be a a big factor there. If he sits, might be more of a reason to to lean towards Drake even more. I definitely agree with that. As today, where these rosters sit right now, I'm going to lean towards Waddle Baby Waddle. All right. And I'm going to keep riding with Cup of Tea. She let me down last week. Well, her team let her down. 
I'm sure she felt very let down by that as well. All right, next up we have TDLs versus More Points, Please. You know, I think I'm going to take More Points, Please on this one. Really? I'm, I'm taking TDLs. I'm going to take the quarterback. I'm going to take the better running back room. The wide receiving room is a little bit lacking, um, but it's still pretty solid. I think that he's going to hold it down with the tight end position because anything TDL is going to get is not going to be Kelsey. And then with the points that the wide receivers can put up, I mean, Hopkins, C.D. Lamb, right there. I mean, you could get 20 to 30 points out of all three of those guys, and he could be starting at 90 points with those three playing and nobody else gone. So Mahomes could go off for 50 again, and Mariota or Stafford could could score 10. Atlanta Falcons and the Chicago Bears, two of the worst defenses playing against each other. Some points should be put up, and if Justin Fields is running and able to score some points, Mariota's going to have to do the same. So he'll be running, he'll be throwing. Uh, might be a good week for Drake London. Might be a good week for Kyle Pitts. Who knows? I'm sticking with TDLs. I'm going to take Mahomes. All right, and I'm taking more points, please. All right, so moving on to the next matchup here. Uh, these these last three matchups really are all going to have a possible effect on the standings. So, um, Five of these six teams in these three matchups are uh, playoff teams currently in the standings. So this will have a major impact on who makes the playoffs this year. And with three of these teams all being from the star division, um, it could really create some shuffling, depending on how the wins and the losses kind of roll out. So Pity City versus Badger Girl. Badger Girl is sitting 5-5, five and five, currently third in her division. But as we discussed earlier, Neek is second, also at 5-5. Five and five. And Mrs. Sirius is at 6-4. and four. With a loss this week and a win from Badger Girl, both would be 6-5. and five. It would come down to points. Mrs. Sirius would probably be slightly ahead still, but tied up going into the divisional matchups, where now they're going to go head-to-head. Going to make things interesting. It's going to be interesting. But I'm going to take Pity City to win this one. Kudos to Badger Girl for having a Thursday Night Player not in her flex. Um, I'm going to take Pity City on this one as well. I think Fields, Jefferson, Connor, Pierce, they're going to be too much to overpower this, overpower Badger Girls team. So moving on, next we have Neek versus the Doctor. Now again, Neek is tied up in second in her division, five and five with Mrs. Sirius just one win ahead. Um... And the doctor is sitting in second in your division, Ray, tied with you, both of you seven and three. You're leading him just on point. I'm comfortable with that. All right, so let's hop into it. Neek versus the doctor here. Uh, Neek has a lot of issues. She's got three players currently in her lineup on bye. Um, and looking at this a little bit earlier, um, she is missing a wide receiver she needs a wide receiver kittle can pop into her tight end her tight end is filled that leaves two flexes a running back and a wide receiver she has a running back on her bench and she has a wide receiver she does have an extra tight end 
as long as Keenan Allen plays, she'll have her wide receiver slot filled and could put Komet in the flex, leaving her one flex available. If Keenan Allen doesn't play, she will need a flex and a wide receiver. Sounds like somebody needs to make a trade. I don't want to do it, TJ, but I'm going to have to pick the doctor on this one. So moving on, we have our game of the week. And it's another matrimony matchup. Matrimony matchup. This is going to be fun. Lots of heavy, studded running backs in this one. Um, looking at Henry, Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler. Like three of the top five running backs are probably in this matchup. And Jacobs probably is in the top five too. Jacobs is six. Eckler at one. Henry at five. Saquon at three. Three. So we do have four of the top six running backs in this matchup facing off. Um, Jacobson, well, Eckler was a little underperforming this past week, but Jacobs was right back up there putting up some points. I think Eckler will bounce back against Kansas City. There's going to be a lot of put, points put up on that one. Um, and with Saquon going up against Detroit, I mean, he should he should have a fun time. I think you're going to take this one, Ray. Uh I think I'm going to take it, too. All right. Let's get her done. Have a good week, everybody. Go, Pack, go. Have a great week, you guys. Good luck. Bye-bye.